This is Urban Tiger Radio, a project supported by CybermouseMultimedia.com, sponsors of our free weekly podcasts. Search for Urban Tiger Radio in the iTunes Store or on Stitcher.com and hit the subscribe button to receive free automatic downloads. Please remember to share and rate our show before you leave. Hi, this is Bill Allerton again from Urban Tiger Radio. Sorry I've been a while getting back to you. Uh, I've had a few personal problems, uh, which sometimes include uh, falling down and bouncing myself off the floor and things of that nature. So here I am again anyway, and as I said, I apologise for the delay. Now, my guest in today's podcast is Stuart Lodge. Stuart Lodge, I've known and admired for, as I have with many of my contacts, for many a year actually, probably 28 to 30 years. Stuart is a comedy actor, I think you would describe him as, but one of the things I will do is allow Stuart to describe himself. And let's see how he manages to do that, because I don't think I would like to try. Anyway, here's Stuart down so that that's um that's Fair the thing. Enough. but but one of the things i did say was that, i mean i've known you a long time actually if you stop and think about it because I, I mean i've known you about as long as i've known brownie i think which is sort of like 28 30 years yeah and uh not as intimately though no no <laughs> thankfully but, <yeah. laughs> but it's I mean, you, how did you we meet? Are, how did we meet? How did we meet? Let's put Probably it in Probably at the Red Deer or somewhere yeah, like that. Yeah, Poetry Night. Yeah, Poetry Night, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. That's what I used to do. That's what yeah. got me into performing Yeah, uh, in Sheffield was um, definitely, an, it's an inroad uh, into a, an outlet for showing off, doing Poetry Night, getting up, well, firstly, attending those sort of nights like the Red Deer and then yeah. thinking, yeah. I've got some poems, I could do that. Yeah. And that's what uh, I yeah. think got me into it. I remember one night you did down there and it was uh, an audience with, and I can't remember his name, you came on like some like loose literary figure in a uh, smoking jacket sort of thing and laid on a chaise longue or something. Then was you, that me? You gave, yeah, that was you. And you gave the audience different questions to ask you. That was the Riverside pub, right? Did so move, Yeah, yeah, moving away from the Red Deer. I thought it was the Red Deer. I always thought it was the Red Deer, but anyway. No, and then I got... Uh, do you want a bit of potted history of my performing career in Sheffield? Um, How I got into it? Yeah, go on then. It, I'll keep it brief. But it's basically because it does involve um, pub rooms, yeah. basically. And uh, I'm all for that. Yeah, because I think the, the 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 for me the importance of live entertainment starts in people making their own entertainment. And where are the outlets for that? It's often is yeah. pubs, yeah. pub rooms or events going on in pubs. And the first one. Now we talked about the the Red Deer, but there was a pub uh, called the Red House. Yeah, and I used to go there and join in a folk a music session. Yeah, where you're sort of 
you had your turn it was and uh, and I started to get the confidence to actually perform it in front of people so that was a good thing for me to experience and I was encouraged as well to do it by uh, friends yeah and that's a part of the the thing about performing as well if you've got people actually saying you should do this you should try this then that helps yeah and I'd already done things previously for Brian in the East House in Pittsmore, yeah. put on Comedy Night. And just to backtrack a bit, that all sort of sprang or, or followed on from doing, starting to do my own songs at the Red House, poetry at the Red Deer, and then wanting to put my own comedy nights on at the East House, and then that moved to events, poetry nights, poetry slams, pub theatre nights, and comedy at the Riverside. Well, I know that sort of since that early beginning, you've moved, uh, as you say, sideways, but you've moved into a more cabaret-style act yeah. in, in lots of ways. I've got more organised. Oh, right. <laughs> Is that how you do it? Yeah. <laughs> I've got more organised over the years. I've got (laughs) so what I do now is I I I help. I'm one of the promoters and creative directors of Cabaret Boom Boom in Sheffield, which has been running over ten years, doing maybe ten, twelve cabarets a year, and uh, often selling out the variety of acts. I'm one of the compares. What I want to get back to is, is how would you categorise yourself? You've come from the sort of poetry, folk night yeah. beginnings, and now you're doing all sorts of character acting, yeah. uh, mostly comedy. Yeah. Uh, last time I saw you were Harry Carr. Ah, Charles Carr. Yeah. Oh, you Charles Carr. I was, I was Charles yeah, Carr. Yeah, I know you were Charles Carr. And that, I, what, uh, where I got Harry Carr from, I've got in, no idea. In the uh, Caretaker's Tales. Yeah, That's I know. Right. Yeah, that was really good. That's yeah, fun. But what I want to get back to oh. is... I know where you've come from. I you know do. where you are now. Right, you've gone through all sorts of metamorphoses in between. Yeah. Uh, but how would you categorise yourself now? Well, I I don't think I've gone through metamorphoses in between myself. Oh, you've blossomed then. All I've become is more experienced yeah. and uh, and confident at what I do best, which I didn't know really in the beginning. I was experimenting. All I had was a, a thought of that I wanted to, I wanted to show off and get attention, really, because yeah. that's where it comes from. To be honest, Bill, it comes oh, from okay. a sort of yeah, a desire for love and yeah. attention. And unfortunately, society knocks it out of so many of us, doesn't it? That's uh, well, a lot of us start off that way. You don't have a right to it. You no, have to. Yeah. You have to have. Uh, you know, you have to sort of earn it, I think, in That's some ways. Profound for Friday afternoon. I'm going to be profound. <laughs> oh, good. If Lord. you don't mind. No, not at all. Because it's the only way I can talk about this. Really, is by being both admitting that to that what I do is quite silly. It's silly sort of comedy. Yeah. But at the same time, there's there's something I have to hang on to, which is quite important about it, which is to do with laughter is important for people to. To feel and experience, especially in, and it's all, in obviously important for you to feel and experience the laughter of other people. Yeah, because it's a connection. Yeah, it's the connection. Yeah, right. Okay. Definitely, that fulfills you as a 
Yeah. As a person. It, it gives me a reason to do what I do. Yeah. In the sense that, uh, let's face it, I'm not a huge success at it. I don't get paid huge money for doing it. But over the years, I have developed these skills. And so I can get up in front of an audience and say to them, look, this is what I do. It's, a, it's comedy, silly songs. And uh, and we're getting a compliment by the urban tiger. There it is. And um, <laughs> I hope and that if wasn't you a comment, <laughs> and and if you join in, it can be fun. It yeah. can be a fun experience. If you don't like it, you, yeah, you, it's fine as well. I know, but there's something about your personality when you're on stage. Yeah, that actually helps the audience to engage. Yeah, and and, and become what part. Is it? Become part that? of the act. I don't know. You you have a an infectious kind of humour. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but yeah, but but it's true. And you know, there are people who can walk into a room and uh, stand there and look at you, and after a few seconds, you start smiling, then you start chuckling, and then you know. And, and I think you're one of those. Yeah, and I think you're gifted with that. That's uh, it is a gift. Possible. Where does where does a gift come from then? Um, I don't know. I never knew your mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said. Well, it's an. Do you want to discuss the possibility of how 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 it is how, a gift? Because well, that could be. I don't know. A, I, I is mean, that I, I, or not? Well, I don't. I don't know. know. I I have a gift for uh, accessing words. I have yeah. a very large inbuilt dictionary and lexicography and that and that and, and i can and access, a love of words and a love of words yeah and, and and i consider that's a gift it's not anything i learned it's something that i found easy can i say well i have different. i have a bit of a problem with gift because i'm not a believer in a uh, in a god neither am i right and so i do so the only so that so the, the only th- so it does throw up an, an interesting sort of question for me about where these this love of or skills come from or talent or whatever you want to call wiring. it comes from wiring it's the way you're wired so that's biology it's a, it's a, it's a genetic gift it's a genetic biology. yeah so we're talking about our our relations and our our, our parents and yeah. things and i would say yeah my mum growing up my mum uh, was definitely the one that influenced me with her love of singing her music she loved music she didn't play music, but she loved singing yeah. and she loved enjoying singing. And that's how we used to spend time together. Yeah. And uh, and then she was the, the first one to encourage me to sort of sing songs to her. And so that yeah. became the part of growing well, I don't up think people sing very much these days anyway, because people used to sing around the piano. I'm going back to sort of 1930s. And yeah. 40s and, yeah. and and once you'd sung in the family around the piano you didn't yeah. mind going down the pub and singing yeah because you'd broken the embarrassment barrier and and, and if i may come in there it's that it's brought up another memory of uh that uh, in the growing up uh, in essex and one of the things we used to do for entertainment, would would go. The whole family would go to the pub of a Saturday night, and I'd see my uncle playing uh, keyboards, my grandmother singing along, 
and the parents joining in and it was like that's your yeah. entertainment that was my first experience of how to make live yeah. entertainment yeah you make it for yourself yeah i love a good grounding it's great yeah it's great it's now great. do you think that's sort you, of you don't see it often that's going then yeah isn't it because it, oh, it's television in the corner television internet yeah yeah we're missing yeah. that although there are a lot of people the internet seems to be bursting with people who want to make music and sing yeah and do a video yeah quite what their motivation is for some of them i'm not sure yeah. maybe it's just the money and uh, or the exposure I, I i'm not sure which you know you were saying you you've worked on these skills over a long number of years and, yeah and you are very skilled at what you do I do, I do remember actually when brian he said to you that we'd done a stand-up comedy routine you said how do you deal with hecklers well, I reckon you're my first heckler because probably, <laughs> I'm probably the last. <laughs> I consider that to be a heckle. Uh, so, how do yeah. you deal with hecklers when you're on stage? Not very well. <laughs> I, I. Uh, that's a good question because it's making me think about when it's happened. And um, I wouldn't imagine it happens a lot to you, Stuart. To no, honest. no, it does. It does, but I try and put it in. Um, I try and incorporate it in the show, in the act. So I, I'm hoping that what they're actually doing is not trying to stop me doing what I'm doing, but they're so, but they're enjoying it yeah. and want to contribute. So if I can accept a heckle and and join in with it. And, and reply to it, not not just put it down. I'm not a put it yeah, down yeah, type yeah. of person of act, I think. Well, that's a real skill. But I do sometimes try and get a laugh out of it. I, I don't know, I might say, uh, I, I've no idea what you're talking about, or whatever. Yeah, just yeah, but something the, like the that. ability to deflect uh, something that's aimed at you yeah. is, is a real skill, isn't it? But, to do um, it momentarily, you know. Yeah. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah, it doesn't always work, though. Sometimes the best replies to heckles uh, you think of a few hours later. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about uh, Logan Murray last Saturday, or the Saturday before. And you mentioned said there was him, yeah. a guy who, did the, the, uh, who was the leader of the stand-up comedy uh, weekend we did. Yeah. Uh, very, very funny guy, actually. Mm. And uh, he said the main secret to it was to unleash your inner idiot yeah, but you've got to find him, yeah. and you know, and then set it free. Yeah, do, do you find that at all? Does that have any resonance with you? Yes, the the resonance it has with me is that it is it, because I like silly things that make that's what makes me laugh. The ideas I have for performing comedy, the characters and the songs are often silly. They fall into a a sort of ridiculous stuff which is yeah yeah it is to do with finding your idiot and i've done lots of clown workshops where you have to just be find your fool yeah and that's where i've uh, developed yeah some um, of my skills. one of the, your favorite character favorite characters of mine that you do is is little johnny cash yeah i did it last and night. uh and I remember you coming on at the Cabaret Boom Boom and doing that. Yeah. And the whole place just fell over. I mean, yeah. it, it was it was one of the best nights I think I've ever had down there. Yeah. Now, you had a you had a girl came on with you. Yeah, she was Frances. Doing, 
And she might have done Tiny Tammy Winnet. Tiny Tammy, yeah, Tiny Tammy Winnet. Yeah. yeah. I do and, Wee Willie Nelson as well. Oh, yeah. I well, seen a friend that. of mine does yeah. Wee Willie Nelson. Yeah, oh, I haven't to, seen to that. To my one. little Johnny yeah. Cash. But little and Johnny did, Cash. Diddy was... Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but don't you think, Bill? Yeah. I still think when I see it, I developed that character just. I remember how it came about with me mucking about with a friend and I was just trying to entertain him and make him laugh. And I knew I could do a bit of a Johnny Cash impersonation. And then I was that, yeah. you know, my name's Johnny Cash, yeah. that vibrato he has. I'm not as deep as Johnny yeah, Cash. Yeah. And I remember my friend saying to me, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit like Johnny Cash. He said, it's, it's, you know, it's a little like Johnny Cash. And and I said, okay, I'll do it little yeah. then. Yeah. That was my silly so, reply. So just explain. To him saying, yeah. so I do it on my knees. Yeah. Like it's a little tribute. And yeah. I call it Little Johnny Cash. Yeah. And as Completely soon as I... the outfit, haven't you? I mean, with the black. And the, the shoes. We, I call underneath. him the micro man in black. Yeah. And, uh, but you see, so that's how it came together. And then I did it. And people did find it funny. But can I throw in this, a, a but here? Because yeah. I, I think what I'm aware of in this, uh, in this, uh, in a, in a, what I'm going to call a political correctness climate yeah. is uh, that somebody would find it offensive because it is, I'm aware that I'm possibly uh, making fun of small people. But I don't know because I'm going with an idea that makes yeah. me laugh. Yeah. But I'm always thinking, oh, someone might find this offensive and tell me not to do it. Well, I think the difference is that you're not looking to be offensive. People can take offence at almost anything. They can. And you, you can't stop them doing that. Well, so, you're right. Yeah. About people can find anything offensive. Yeah. And it feels like to me and possibly to lots of comedians nowadays is uh, walking on eggshells not being sure yeah. people aren't being sure about what they can say or get away with where generally what I grow, grew up with and what attracted me to comedy was the the comedians who, who um, said things that were really outrageous or really breaking the taboos yeah uh, the outsider comedians. I remember the first comedian that really excited me. That that was I was introduced to and as a teenager by my older brother was Lenny Bruce, yeah. American, you know, yeah. who obviously a, a dangerous comedian, you know, in his day, you know, for uh, for for the content of his uh, material and uh, came up against the law for performing and trying to talk about certain subjects, you know. So that feels to me like a, an issue today. I, I heard something recently about a worker at, at a supermarket, I think it was Asda, who posted a Billy Connolly video on his Facebook timeline where Billy Connolly has a rant about religion, mm -hmm. about lots of religions, but also about does mention uh, Islam and Muslim and uh, suicide bombers and things. So, but it, and it's one of his comic but angry rants. But Billy Connolly does. But but this worker, at, uh, because he posted it, he got the sack. Oh. He was asked to apologise for offend for being for posting an offensive video 
Right, okay. Which it wasn't even his video. He yeah, posted yeah, a comedy yeah, yeah, video yeah. about Bitcoin. And uh, so... But don't you think that comedy has a role to play in pointing out how ridiculous this current situation is hmm. when those sort of things happen? Yeah, I So do. what do you intend to do about it? I don't know. I think it has a role to play. think about it? All the time. All the time at the moment. It's... Uh, it's an interesting area, and you know, and for someone who's interested in, like yourself, in words, how we use words, how comedy is made, what seems to me to be a good um, area of comic material now might be seen as offensive, and, and it's really, it's thrown up lots of questions. And I'm a yeah. fan, really, of political correctness from the 80s when I first come across political correctness and it was being used to challenge sexism and racism and yeah. I thought great we, it's making us think about how we refer to people of different colour and how we refer to women yeah. and how we treat and, and accept those people and that's great. Well why do you think it's all got so complex now? I think it's got more complex because of gender identity politics this yeah this idea that you can identify as a different label and then and demand that you be treated for having that yeah identity yeah. so everybody's vying to be the smallest minority it seems that way yeah, yeah. and who can and, shout the loudest and and as uh, this thing about white privilege and being a middle-class white man with those privileges, I've had. So yeah, but a lot of people now confusing. Seem, seem to take this as an excuse for doing some self-loathing. Mm -hmm. Because if you were white, middle-class and privileged, you should not be glad that you are that way or, and, or that you've had the luck to turn out that way. But you should sort of loathe yourself for not being... You know, you should or yourself. crippled or whatever you want yeah. to call it. You know, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and that because you're the majority, but the thing is, the majority has got lost somewhere in uh, in the current political climate. Yeah. I think. And everybody's looking to minorities, and and I think I think comedy has a, a, a huge role to play in in trying to resolve this situation yeah. because I, it's not looking down the wrong end of a telescope, isn't it? At some of these problems that people throw up and in fact they invent yeah. people are looking for something to be angry about and and where is comedy in this it, should it it's should it really take hard. these things and it's and really hard them? to find the comedy because some of the things being talked about in a serious way are so ridiculous that you can't top them <laughs> for comedy it is like yeah well yeah. for an example is donald trump becoming president of america and some of the things that he's said as president are so uh, they're out there you can't yeah, top yeah the satire yeah, for, yeah. for it it's just he's he's out satirizing what uh, what comedians yeah. although could i think i think maybe do. maybe comedy is beginning to make inroads because is, is it hungary where we got the guy who was uh, not ukraine where we got the guy who portrayed the president on uh, 
TV as a as a bit of a comic figure who is now the president, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got yeah. Italy. We've got a clown. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Mind you, it, it, in Italy, there's plenty to choose from. I think. But <laughs> well, it just it just it uh, yeah. But what does that where what does that mean for the future though, Bill? About well where we're heading? Well, because I have to say we're getting politically and not uh, comedic, but yeah. But the thing is, I I think that the establishment was becoming so entrenched, and part of the reason for this is that comedy can no longer really attack it like it used to do. I mean, we used to have students used to attack the establishment, yeah. but they no longer do. They're actually more established than the establishment a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. And so there's nothing left to kick the establishment up in the air. And it's dug itself in so deeply that it's going to take something like Trump and these these other people to actually kick the whole thing up in the air and let the what does it fall leave where they in its place there? Well... You you rebuild. I mean, it's like after a war, you you rebuild the cities, and and it, it looks different to the way it did before. Unfortunately, people still keep behaving the same way. But yeah. uh, I, I I think the establishment definitely needed rebuilding. So mm. I I don't have too much of a problem with uh, strange people being elected, mm. and uh, because I do think it just needs a good kick. But we had spitting image. Yeah. Here, that was which great, was wasn't absolutely it? fantastic. Yeah. image. I mean, you, you you couldn't believe some of the things that were said and done on spitting image. Yeah, and yet politics survived it, and so did the politicians. So, and some the country it. survived spitting image. And and, and, and I, I think we need more of it. So come on, Stuart, give us some more comedy. <laughs> get get up on your hind legs again on that stage. We want to laugh. Yeah, I agree. It's just finding the appropriate way to do that i i mean one of the the other comedians that i became a fan of was bill hicks american comedian who died young and he used to say something like the role of the comedian is to be the person that says uh, uh, when everyone else is running towards the cliff edge the comedian says hang on a minute let's think about this yeah before you jump off that cliff, yeah. let's have a think about it. Okay, and uh, it, it offers an alternative, yeah, viewpoint. An alter, yeah, things, alternative you know. point of view. Yeah. So you, you know, he was very funny as well with his. Yeah, well, coming coming on to that, this is one of the things that you suggested. How do you define funny? Yeah. What is funny? I yeah. mean, it's uh, it's. I, I don't know, it seems to escape me, the definition of, of yeah. funny. I know how it feels, but yeah. I don't think I could describe it. No, I don't think I can either. And I think that's what I I do now, is not worry about it. Not worry about whether it's funny or not, Yeah. really. I just sort of... I think I went to that performance. <laughs> <laughs> I just... You, you can't, you can't though, because it's a subjective thing everyone's different some people will laugh at some things that other people don't i some things make me laugh i find things funny and when i make my own material which is what i do i just do my own stuff then it's the things that i that actually make me entertain me then i think well this is what i'm going to put in front of an audience Well, and many, I don't know if it's yeah, going to make them. There are many kinds of comedians, aren't there? I mean, some some are wry. You get wry humour, uh, and you get slapstick or silly humour. Uh, 
I tend to go for irony myself because basically irony tends to rotate around words. I do lots of things make me laugh, and um, I'd like to think, yeah, that, that there was a that there was a sophistication to my uh, my love of comedy, that irony, sarcasm, and uh, clever wordplay. It's all in there. Often, though, it's it's very silly stuff that I still go for, like, and which you could label as childish. It has a meaning for me, you know, what used to make me laugh when I was a child. I guess you know, yeah. playful stuff that that I can see in my young child, youngest children now. You know, what yeah. makes them laugh? What gets me really mm. right down to my soul is the surprise. The surprise. Yeah, you know when you're not expecting something yeah. and then suddenly somebody comes up with this point of view that you could never have imagined in a million years and yeah. bang, and it just sort of spins your head. You're thinking, you know, well, nice. I wish I'd thought of that one. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I often say, I wish I'd thought of that. Yeah. As well. <laughs> like Amazon. <laughs> but, I, but all that, but you see, I can't, uh, I can't be jealous anymore about what other people do I just have to follow my own thing and find a way of uh, putting it in, in in an arena where where it gets seen mm. so and what I had to I liked singing I wasn't a great singer I knew I wasn't a great singer so either you say well I'm not going to bother singing because I'm not a great singer. I can see lots of great singers out there. Yeah. And I wasn't a great guitarist. And I either say, well, I like playing guitar, but there's so many good, better guitarists, I'm not going to bother. But what I did, because I liked both singing and playing, making music, I, and that's what I enjoyed, I found tried to find a way that I could put that together with my love of comedy and whatever loosely defined skills of comic timing and creating comic imagery put that together and I could say oh well I can do a three minute comic song which will entertain and what I guess if I'm being practical then I can say to an audience I can spend 10, 15 10, 15 minutes with you, you know, and making a bit of fun. And then, and that's, and that's it, you know. I don't like to go over yeah. as in the back of One of the of things you do is you, you seem to elicit belief in your audience. They, they, they believe that they can you. do better. No. <laughs> well, that's so... Yeah, uh, I but, do. But... <laughs> I think you're right. No, because that's important, isn't it? If you present yourself as, as a over-talented, bombastic comedian, then you've got to really come up with the goods yeah. and say to us, look, yeah. I can do something you can't do. I'm sort of saying, look, what I do is a bit rubbish, but if you go along with it, yeah. and you'll have fun with yeah. it, well, and I won't go on together. too long, yeah. I'll be off, yeah. and you can have some other... Yeah, That's probably Yeah, that's But you probably always better. take us on the journey with you. That's the, uh, that's yeah. the nice thing about your kind of humour. Yeah. We're going to discuss Cabaret Boom Boom in a moment or two, aren't we? But but you, now you want to tell me a story, so go on then. Well, it's a, it's a, it's happened recently. 
and it combines what we've just been talking about with the the uh, doing comedy and, and and making a connection but also there's something poignant about it and and I was doing little Johnny Cash who we've talked about yeah. I did it at a gig in Manchester to raise funds for a dementia charity right what? they were putting on a cabaret and the people organizing it had seen little Johnny Cash they liked it and they said for some reason they thought oh this will go well at our dementia fundraising cabaret right little Johnny Cash this is what we want to put before an audience of people who are carers of people with dementia or Alzheimer's and some people would be present in the audience who have suffering who have got the condition different levels of that so I said yeah it was paid you know and I'm always <laughs> it was you know 50, can you refuse? 50 quid <laughs> for a good you know but they were doing other it's for fundraising but also they pay the act well you know it's going to cover my travel costs so I did it little Johnny Cash did uh, I do a song about the pound shop about uh, Johnny Cash going to the pound shop it's very funny I think yeah. it's make me laugh which came out of trying to make my kids laugh. Right, you know, okay. A song about the pound shop and everything. How much does every? How much does it cost? Everything's a pound <laughs> at the pound shop. <laughs> and then you get Johnny Cash, little Johnny Cash, getting into trouble because he keeps asking, "How much is everything?" Anyway, so I did that, and then I do a song about baking a quiche. Little Johnny Cash baking a quiche, and the song's called. 20, 25 minutes. All right. All right. That's how long you bake a quiche for, which came out again about, I wrote it because I was in the kitchen and I had to cook a quiche. And on the side of the box, it said bake for 20 stroke 25 minutes. And I put it, I put it in the oven. You in see, it's making me laugh. In the box. I put the quiche in the oven. No. <laughs> and I started singing, 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> that quiche is going to be done. And then the song comes in a few minutes, you see. You realise you're going to have to perform these, don't you, for this? I'm sorry. You're going to have to pay them extra. <laughs> 20, 25 minutes. Quiche's gonna be done 20, 25 minutes It's a cheese and onion one I bought it in the shop when I was running wild Like a dog let off its leash 20, 25 minutes Gonna be eating quiche Oh yeah that's right. 20, 25 minutes at 200 degrees C. 20, 25 minutes. Soon that quiche will be inside of me. It's a kind of savory tart or egg based flan. It has its own special niche. That's right. Gonna be eating quiche 
Oh yeah, that's right. Riding down the highway at 90 miles an hour With my gal Lorraine Yeah, she loves quiche With my gal Lorraine at my shoulder And we're feeling the engine's power I said to Lorraine, you gotta live while you're young Is there anything you wish? She said, I've only got just one wish 20, 25 minutes Wanna be in quiche Oh yeah, that's right I wanna be in quiche Come on now, join in with me What do you wanna be doing? I wanna be in quiche Hell yeah, one more time beginnings make comic material yep. which then leads to performing them so i performed those two songs at this dementia gig <sighs> it, went, it went well so i was i was happy and people were saying oh that's very funny i enjoyed that and no one came up and said that's a bit sizist or whatever you're making fun of small people all right great I got away with that again and then the following week i had another gig in manchester at a, an arts festival gig. Again, it's, these are just sort of small community size gigs, you know. But two people from the dementia gig came to the arts fest festival gig and they came up to me. And uh, before I was on, I was doing Little Johnny Cash again, but I wasn't in costume. And they came up and as, uh, they were coming in, they said, Oh, the, the husband said, you're, you're the guy who does Little Johnny Cash, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, well, we loved it. We were at the dementia gig. We loved it. And this is my wife. She's got Alzheimer's. She wasn't very talkative, but she was smiling at me a lot. And he was speaking very deliberately to her saying, you remember, this is Little Johnny Cash. And it was so poignant and yeah. she was really smiling and laughing and she and he was telling me and including her that they found it really funny now i couldn't i don't know how what level of alzheimer's she's suffering whether she can remember little johnny cash or not but she she remembered enough i believe that she was making uh a connection yeah with the uh, and, and and with how she was how her husband was talking without me knowing uh how what level of of alzheimer's or, or of her of her, of her um, ability to remember things yeah. i just i don't know and it, but i knew that a connection had been made and yeah. i found it very poignant and because the, they were obviously no the, i don't know what how they get what they obviously get a lot of joy out of Going out and seeing live entertainment, and the, and they'd come back to the, they'd seen Little Johnny Cash, 
It made them laugh at this dementia from the, and they saw that he was on again the following week, and they came again. That's something they Isn't could that do. To, yeah, interesting. You, yeah, you should. Well, you should be impressed as well because I am. The, if I could get on yeah. the dementia comedy circuit, you I could just need do one act. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, now you see, we can laugh about that. But yeah. you're right. You yeah. see, for me, is that the that's that does make me laugh. The possibility yeah. that no one remembers what I did each yeah. time I perform, <laughs> and then and it might get to a point where I just tell yeah. them. Actually, I've already done it. Can you yeah. pay me? You know. <laughs> yeah. But that's the comic sort of material of thinking that there's 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 humour in dementia or Alzheimer's in in the in the idea that you forget things. But obviously, the reality is very different. There's obviously a very yeah. caring thing between this man, this husband, and his wife. He's caring for his wife who's suffering from Alzheimer's. And it's a, and and I do know a bit from friends whose parents went through that. How what a cruel uh, disease it is! It, yeah, I've to, seen it. To lose, you, you've yeah, seen it. it close. You've, I've probably got it. Don't see, but with, but you see, but yeah. that's the thing. You you forget. You forget yeah. people. You forget loved yeah. ones, and it dra- It's like yeah, I've seen away. it quite close. And that, let me just finish that off though, because it, it's so, I feel pa- passionate about it. It's just that when you're losing that ability to remember, and yet we're still able to laugh, it's that, that dark humour exists in the idea that this is a funny thing. Yeah, but you've got gesture, to laugh. Have yeah. you got to laugh? Yeah. You've got to laugh. No, find your it. gesture just then, which was you were making a circle okay. with your finger. Yeah. Right. Actually sums it up because you're not laughing at it. No. You're laughing around it. Okay. And you're you're not laughing at the person. Yeah. You're laughing around the condition uh, yeah. that that has, has unfortunately made them what they are. But you're not laughing at the person themselves. No. You're laughing at the, you know, you you're looking at something actually very fearful. Yeah. To a lot of us. Yeah. Uh, and the only way to deal with it is humour. Yeah, I mean, humour is probably the best way to deal with anxiety, yeah. too, and uh, um, it has its place in all societies. I mean, every every anything we ever find that's been written has yeah. got humour in it somewhere. Somebody's written a joke somewhere, yeah, along the line. Yeah. You know, even the ancient Greeks and Romans and they had uh, some crackers, didn't they? They they did. I've been reading Herodotus uh, histories. Have you? Yeah. Wow. Um, and they they send him up something unmerciful, <laughs> do they? Yeah, they, it, go, it goes and get it goes to the Egyptians and gets tales about the Greeks from the Egyptians, and they're just making it up as they go along. You can see, you know, really? I mean, they're, they're really winding him up, and, and then he probably gets really depressed and drinks well, some no, hemlock. Or I don't something. think he does, but I think he was just having too much good fun. Anyway, <laughs> a bit like this afternoon. <laughs> Oh dear! Idiots together. They were so, some. It wasn't. They were. They were. They were idiots. So in in Greek times and Roman times, they're still in, idiotic. <laughs> yeah, idiot, sort of idiotic. Foolish. Yeah. But the idiotic human, means a different the human thing, expression it? of yeah. of uh, ridiculousness. Yeah. is there, isn't it? Yeah, I think they used to call them tragedies. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And now we. we 
Yeah, we laugh at it. Cabaret Boom Boom. Let's, let's, let's just go get to back. Cabaret boom boom. boom Boom. Straight to Cabaret Boom Boom, which yeah. is your latest incarnation. It's been running 10 years, yeah. over 10 years. And your position is to... what? Just remind me. I'm a, Are you a founder member? I'm a, I am a founder member. Wow. Along with Rick Allen yeah. and Tim Byrom. Yeah. So there's three of us. I am a compare at Cabaret Boom Boom. All dog's body work on the day, setting yeah. up, putting the chairs out, making the stage. At the end of the show, you put it all away. That's uh, It's all part of show business, isn't it? All the... Oh yeah, all the yeah. hands-on work, hat check, girl, everything, aren't you? Everything. We all. It's we're a team of about I don't know, ten, twelve, fifteen people who work really well together over the years, and that's why I think it's had longevity. Yeah, the three compares has helped me, Rick, and Tim all compare, and that helps because not what it's not the responsibility of just one person to come up with bits to do as compares we swap you share the energy we share the energy and we yeah. share we're basically too lazy to keep coming to come up with new material which we'd have to do if we were if there was one sole yeah. compare so yeah. we so that's good that's helped with the longevity i think so and it's great it's given me an outlet a regular outlet to show off new material characters and uh, and it and for me it's a what's consistently good about it is it's live entertainment from a variety of genres. So you got physical comedy or musical comedy and circus skills. It's musical, yeah. Variety, yeah. Old, it's old-fashioned, yeah. old-fashioned live entertainment yeah. in many ways. Um, yeah. so I, I, I like that. It goes down a storm. I've been to many, as you know. It's a great night out. One yeah. possibly the best night out in Sheffield. Yes, I think it is actually. Well, we should end the interview there, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> we could do, yeah. Why not? Indeed. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's a great one. You've been a few times. You know, you I've been a few times. Yeah, yeah. quite a few. You know, one of the things you, you I remember making a fun of you when you, you said promote my uh, my new C D Bill Allerton reads. Yeah. <laughs> I was on oh, stage. Yeah. <laughs> I was on stage no. saying I'm gonna promote Bill Allerton Reads. I said, I've listened to it. It's not uh, there's no word there's no he's not speaking on it, but you can hear him turning pages <laughs> every few minutes. Oh, it must have been a while ago. I don't know when that was. Good grief. You know, well, talking about reads and funny things like that, you you mentioned funny words. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you you said what are funny words? Now, funny funny words change. I? Yeah. Funny funny words. Do you have change. any funny words? And I mean, when you're five, there are all sorts of toilet. Anything toilet is funny. That's I mean, what my kids, my young kids are giggling. Just, they just like saying poo yeah, all the time. I know. Anything to do so with poo. What's a funny word now at your age? Getting paid. <laughs> What's a funny word? I don't know. Yeah, it changes. But when you yeah, but when you're small, it's it's almost a definite article, isn't it? It's it's uh, you know, like you say, poo basically. Anything, it's mainly poo. Anything poo related is poo related is uh, very yeah, funny. It's funny. 
yeah poo-poo. but do, do we become less specific then as we get older you think? yeah i think oh well, more it's probably a good thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you want i do you want what's your do you spark me off with a funny word say a funny well, word and see well I'd, yeah and i'd say I, yes or no well i'm asking that i'm asking a consummate professional uh, what a funny word is, you see. Who you because asking? I don't know, do I? I mean, I Here, I'll tell you a funny word. Go on then. Well, I did a character, I did a cabaret, another cabaret in Saltaire, um, three or four times a year, um, which I'd like to, to plug. It's called Cabaret Saltaire. It's run by Steve Hewison, who was in The Full Monty. Oh, right. Well, where is it at? Caroline Club, which is opposite Salt's Mill. Yeah. In I know Salt Smith. It's a lovely area, isn't it? Salt, yeah. Saltair. And it's the ca- come along, Cabaret. Cabaret Saltair and the Cab- Caroline Club. And I compare, share the comparing duties with Steve. We both do characters. I do Billy Bottom. Oh, Have yeah. you seen Billy Bottom? Yes, I've seen Billy Bottom. The sort of semi-retired, failed show business song and dance man. It's just me and a wig. Me and a wig, isn't it? Let's face it. One of my favourite songs. It's short as well. It's a short one. (laughs) It's one Billy Button does. All right. It's all about friendship, Bill. I'm all for some of that. Friendship. What would we do without friendship? We couldn't live without friendship. Let's sing a song about friendship About friendship, friendship It's such a lovely thing, friendship Look how it makes me sing Friendship with friends Friendship with friends Friendship with friends All together now Friendship What would we do without friendship? We couldn't live without Friendship. Let's sing a song about friendship. Merely friendship. about friendship. Friendship. <laughs> friendship. Look how it makes us sing. Friendship with friends. 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 I've run out of breath. Run out of friends. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever do that. I do that one with Billy Button. And yeah. I get people joining in and then I go, uh, and when they join in, I say, uh, well, I enjoy it. I say, well, you've ruined that. That's a beautiful song <laughs> that you've completely ruined with your joining in. <laughs> and uh, I trouble with that song. It goes on a bit like a lot of friendships. Yeah. Thing. I do feel like I've lost friends. When your relations come to stay. Yeah. You know, I tell you, I didn't touch on it in the interview, but I don't know if this means anything to you. Maybe it's to do with, as you get older as well, that I seem to not be in touch with as many people as I used to be. I've got these kids, these eight-year-old and a four-year-old. I don't know. You do it at 92. (sighs) It's tough. It's really hard, but you get extra but on your pension. It is like you say; it's busy, and I don't go out as much. Yeah. I don't see people or make contact. Yeah. We have different things. priorities, right? It's another another one of my, again combining yeah. my love of music, yeah, 
and dressing up. And I do Elvis pleasantly, like an Elvis tribute act, but he gets all the songs like easy listening. He's all, he's all about being pleasant and nice and amicable. So I do. Elvis wanted to do songs like Heartbreak Hotel. He really wanted to sing it like, Ever since I baby left, I found a new place to dwell. Down at the end of a lonely street, it's Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> that sort of thing. It might not be funny, but at the time it was funny. And the word that I found funny that I put into the material is uh, dyspeptic. Right. Yeah. Because Elvis Pleasant, they were talking about... <laughs> Talking about Elvis being heartbroken and bitter. And I was saying to the audience, he was very bitter a lot of the time. And he was very ornery. Ornery. You know what ornery yes. means? And he was, it, well, I'll tell you what it means. Dyspeptic. Right. He was angry, bitter and angry yeah. at the world. Dyspeptic. Do you ever get dyspeptic? Uh, yes, I take tablets for it. <laughs> Well, so did Elvis Presley. He took loads of tablets <laughs> yeah, for all know, sorts of well, yeah, things. for all sorts of things, and all sorts of things he didn't need them for, didn't it? But when I saw that in the in the dictionary, I was yeah. looking up ornery, which is a word, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a sort of associate with that with the Americanness, <laughs> right? So and I, and it said, dyspeptic. and one of the uh, cinnamons was dyspeptic. One of the cinnamons. What's that word I mean? What does that mean? One of the... One of the synonyms. Synonyms. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, one of the synonyms. <laughs> you see, took a perfectly what? ordinary word and I... suddenly it's humorous, isn't and, it? And... Uh... Yeah, do, do you find humour depends on place too? I mean, um, you can go and do something on a stage where people expect you to be funny and you can do something that only is marginally, but because people's expectations is already the top of the ladder anyway yeah it, it attaches do you find you can tailor humor to different venues are there, are there certain parts you like you wouldn't do in some places well that's always on my mind well, I think that's a silly question but to think no it's not it's just on my mind i don't know if i tailor if i actually do make conscious decisions to to say i can't i can't do this in this place I generally think I'm going to give it a go and see how it goes. Um, I think the thing with people's expectations can work against you because sometimes if they're laughing too much, it can interrupt your flow and the uh, the comic timing and you think, oh, it doesn't really feel like I'm connecting here because they're just giggling at everything. I say even things that aren't meant to be funny they just find it and you just think oh it's a bit mad and that's happened sometimes I mean um, generally I'd say it was affected by the size of the audience if you have a bigger audience and they're all there because they know it's comedy yeah then that can be a bit off-putting because they're it's, you uh, surprised me with that because I, I would have thought that would have put you more at your ease because you know you know you've got a receptive audience. Well, that, that's what I'm trying. It's a thin line between a receptive audience 
or an over-enthusiastic yeah. audience yeah. that's affected by uh, the mood that seems to be happening in the in the in the venue. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever at the end of a performance think I miss a real trick here? There was something there I should have done. Yeah, and, and I, I just Often. just a case in point, which you might find amusing. I've got a pair of glasses here. They're reading glasses. Yeah. Right? Is that Up the ones to, you use when you're reading? They're the ones I use when I'm reading. Right. Up to three feet away, they work absolutely fine. Nice. So, how do you hold a book three feet away? Well, up to three feet away, Stuart. Okay. Come on. Give us a break here, Stuart. When I did a stand-up comedy <laughs> routine, Logan Murray. With, with Logan Murray, we had this little stage, not yeah. much bigger than this table, mm. and on one corner was a speaker. Yeah, little speaker cabinet, like so. And I, I got a crib sheet because we'd only been doing it for sort of two days or so, so mm. I couldn't remember. You know, it was just a crib sheet, a salient point. So put it on top of this speaker. Yeah. So I'm part way through my act, and I'm and I've got my reading glasses on. And I keep just referring back to this crib sheet, and I'm halfway through the act, and some bugger came along, and took the speaker away, <laughs> and put my crib sheet down on the floor, no. which was then another two feet further away, and I couldn't read it. Yeah. But what I should have done was got down on my knees and done the act on my knees. Ah. And I wish I'd done that after. You know, I thought after. Jesus, yeah. yeah, that that would have been funny because everybody knew what had happened. Yeah. Except the bloke who took the thing away, he didn't he realise didn't what he'd done. Yeah. And uh, so he was just moving the speaker. <laughs> so, That's right. But if I'd have gone down on my knees and done it, then, yeah. then it, I think that would have, uh, you know, would have been a success. That's yeah. one of the things that, that I do regret not having. Not going. Yeah, not going for. I yeah. didn't have the presence of mind to think about it at the time. And I, I, I think it is hard to think what's what's the right decision in the moment performance is all about decision making i've been developing this theory over the last year or so we make decisions about when you're on stage and, it, and you make decisions where you stand how you stand what you're going to say when you say it they're all decisions yeah and sometimes you make, I guess you you can make the wrong decision, and but but it's not. I when people come up to me sometimes and they say, "Oh, that's great, you're so natural," or they say, "There's something very, um, you know, it must come easy to you." It doesn't because I've made those decisions beforehand already. So you've crafted it. I'd say it really, I have, because it helps. I've re realised that if you make those decisions beforehand, uh, you don't have to hold to them because in the moment things happen and then you can adjust and improvise and stuff. But if you are clear with what you're, how you're presenting to an audience, what you're saying and how you're looking and what you're doing, then I think that's part of the part of the battle, part of the battle or the uh, helps with uh, not confusing an audience then. You're, you're letting them know very clearly something that you want to tell them. Hmm. Decision making. Make your decisions yeah. before you go on stage. Yeah. Make sure your flies are done up, that sort of thing. 
unless you're going for unless a you decide <laughs> to, to go on without trousers. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, Stuart, thank you very much for coming up today. Yes, and, thank uh, you, Bill. Is there anything else you. you would like to add? Uh, something ridiculous? Or, yes, uh, I'm going to... Is there that? No, I can't remember the tune. Oh, all right. They're all like that, aren't they, Johnny Cash? That's what I like about it, because I do love Johnny Cash. They all start like that. Yeah. I wish I could fly right up to the sky but I can Yes, you can. No, I can. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And that's it, yeah. You've just been listening to another excellent podcast from Urban Tiger Radio, sponsored by Cybermouse Multimedia. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, don't forget to click the little heart button on your way out and let everyone else know that you like it. So, once again, that's a goodbye from me and a... from now. Bye.